I came up for prayer this morning. I told Greg and Liz, I was like, I do worse when there's not a sermon to preach than when I have a sermon to preach. If I have a sermon to preach, I, I kind of know the rhythms of that. And, um, you know, I feel more confident there. And, but this morning is more of a family meeting. And so um, we like to do this a couple times a year, once in early January and once when school starts back, just a, just a touch point to say, here's where we're at, here's what we're about, here's where we're heading, we think, and just make sure everybody's kind of in and understands. Um, the thing I struggle with is I don't want this to sound like I'm going through a list this morning. And so my hope is that this really comes alive and we can get a sense of who we are. I also realize there's people in this room who've been coming now going on three years. And so you're like, yeah, a lot of this we've heard. That's all right. It's good for us to remember what those core things are. Some of you guys, you might be pretty new this summer, might even be brand new this morning. And so hopefully this, this helps just kind of welcome and invite you in. And so um, that's kind of where we're heading this morning. So this might sound like a funny place to start, but I want to just, just start briefly with a couple, two or three things that are just core to who our church is. Um, and I think it's important for us to have clarity and understanding on this. So it was kind of funny. Um, our family was on vacation this last week, and so yesterday was kind of the day where we're back home and we're trying to get settled in. And so at one point, I'm standing in the kitchen, and I realize one of my younger daughters, I'm not going to give away which one, but one of my younger daughters has this little small, like, whiteboard on the fridge, and she's written out her list for the day. So she's ready to get back into the flow of things, too. So she's got her list on the board, you know, have breakfast, do a lap around the house. I guess she wanted to go on a walk outside. I'm not really sure. And so the last thing on the list was get the mail. But mail was spelled a little differently than her dad would have liked the word mail to be spelled. It was spelled M-A-L-E. And in that moment, I was really hoping it was just a spelling error and that my young elementary age daughter didn't have other plans for Saturday that dad was not prepared for. Get the mail. Um, my wife seemed to be more affirming of that. I don't know. Anyway, um, so the reason I say that is sometimes we can think we're saying the same thing and we're not. And so my hope this morning is just to, just to make things as clear as possible about who we are and what we're about. Um, but I also, my hope in doing this this morning is to say, um, we want to have an open dialogue as a church family. And so I want y'all to feel that there's an open door to ask questions, to get clarity, to understand more. And so please don't feel like these conversations are listed, limited to the one or two times a year where we get up here and, and talk about some of this. I would be happy to share more in depth with you guys at any point. So for starters, who are we? Man, the, the first thing that I hope we are is a place of grace. That, that word is in our name um, on purpose, that we're a place of grace. And there's a lot to that word. Grace, grace is more than just extending grace to someone. Um, grace is more than just the mercy that God lavishes upon us. Grace is empowering. Grace gives us the, the ability to do what we cannot do on our own. That's what grace is. And so when I say that this is a, a place of grace, what I hope we realize is that we are a gathering of imperfect people. This is, this is not a perfect church. And I'm just gonna tell you, stick around long enough and people in this room are gonna let you down. I might even do that at some point this morning. Um, so just hang on. Um, but, but we're imperfect people. And I just, I wanna say 
I think at times the church gets a bad rap for being hypocrites. I do think the church can have hypocrisy at times, but, but listen, we should expect the very gospel of Jesus is for imperfect, broken people. It, it should look messy. People should be able to walk in this door and feel comfortable coming as they are. Jesus offended the religious leaders of the day because sinners were comfortable around him. Now, he loved them enough to meet them where they are and rescue and save them and redeem them, but I don't know about you, but I'm really aware of the fact that I'm still in process. I'm still being made new. And so I just want to say up front, let's, let's choose to be a place of grace where we expect that at times it will be challenging and difficult because we're different people with different personalities and we, we have our own struggles. Now, hypocrisy is pretending I'm something I'm not. Hypocrisy is being okay with a sin or a struggle and trying to pretend it's not there and hide it and put on a phony false front, and that we're not gonna do. But we can, we can be real broken people struggling through life, growing together in Jesus. And those who are a little further along than others should understand how much grace it took to get them there and have the kind of humility that can, can reach back to someone not as far along and help them along the way. And so that, that's my hope for us as a church is that we're a place of grace. Um, we also wanna be a church that emphasizes discipleship. And so practically speaking, what that means for me is watching God's word come alive in very practical ways in our life. So it is about being a student of the word of God, but not so that we gain intellectual head knowledge and can quote every little line and verse and got the doctrine down pat and tucked in our back pocket. But instead, what discipleship is, is God's word gets so inside of me, I don't have to tell you my doctrine because it's evident in the way I live and treat others. The love of God permeates. I become a person more and more of character who can be trusted not to be perfect, but to pursue the Lord and become more and more like him. And so we believe discipleship happens where the word of God and real relationships come together. That's what Jesus did. He spent time with his disciples. They lived life together. And Jesus was constantly talking to them about who God was. And they, he revealed that to them when they worked alongside of each other. And he revealed that to them in fireside conversations. And he revealed that to them when he was preaching in large gatherings. And so we believe God's word and people coming together is a place where discipleship can happen. And so we want that to be the heartbeat of our church. We primarily emphasize that, not only through, through faithfully preaching the word on Sundays, but gathering in homes, in our life groups. Those are our, our two primary things. We occasionally will put other things on the calendar, but there's a reason that we don't fill up every night of the week with different events and gatherings. Um, we, we wanna worship Jesus. We wanna connect with each other in our homes. And then the third thing that I hope our church is, is a group of people who go out into the community and be who God's called us to be. If, if, we're just, if we're just a bubble, if we're just a place where we come and we gather here and then we kind of leave Jesus here or at our life group, we're missing it. See, discipleship bleeds over into every facet of life, where as a parent, I disciple my kids. As a friend, I'm, I'm ironing sharp 
sharpening iron. I'm investing in, in my friends and my neighbors and my community. I think sometimes church can, can fill up our calendar so much that, that we're not doing the thing we were called to do, which was to be in the world, not of it. We emphasize the not of it part and forget we're supposed to be in it. We're supposed to be rubbing off on other people and influencing others around us. And so my hope and prayer is that we would be the kind of people who, who love and serve our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our community. Who are we influencing? So those are just some, some heartbeats of who our church is as, as quickly as I can say it. All right, so I want to get into some things that we do. So first, I want to I just honor some people. Um, if you've volunteered during this calendar year, setting up chairs, signs, kids area, um, if you volunteer in any way, you open up your home as a life group, would you stand up really quick? And can we just acknowledge these folks and say thank you to you guys for what you do? Thank you, thank you. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Jacob Shockman, you didn't stand up. You volunteer every other week. <laughs> we, are, we are so grateful for you guys. My, one of the things I love about a small church is it's like all hands on deck. And you really do stuff together and you get to know each other while you're working alongside of each other. But, but one of the things I hope is as we grow that we don't lose that. I, I love that sense of community where we're serving alongside each other and we're working. And man, it would be nice if serving didn't involve setting up chairs and curtains and signs outside. Maybe it'll look a little different in other ways when we've got a building. Um, but man, seriously, our volunteers, y'all are the heartbeat of this church. You make space for more folks to come in. And I know some of you didn't stand up who are actually jumping in this rotation and we're grateful to have y'all jumping on board. So thank you guys. Okay, the next thing I want to do is not only acknowledge some people, but I hope this will be a little bit of an on-ramp for some of you. If our life group leaders, this is leaders and co-leaders, if y'all would stand up, if both spouses are in the room, that's great. If you're in here by yourself this morning, that's okay. And would y'all just kind of come up and line up together? If, if the couple you co-lead with is in here, stand next to them if you can. Awesome. And I'm going to kind of move this back. And I'm going to move over here to the side for a minute. All right. So I'll just start by the side I'm standing on here. Um, can we put uh, the graphic on the screen that's got the little, is it the little map, I believe, Bill? All right. So these are our life group leaders and co-leaders. Um, primarily what we do is we have two couples that, that lead life groups together um, they kind of cover for each other. Usually one of them is the one hosting in their home. Um, and part of the way we do discipleship is even within our life groups, we're thinking about what people might, might lead a life group down the road. And so these life groups will not stay the same. And they haven't already. They've split a few times. Um, but um, our life groups are intended to grow as the church grows, and so we can be in community together. So most of them have taken pretty much a full break this summer. There's been one or two gatherings here and there, but for the most part, they've taken a break this summer. And so we have four life groups right now. We've got a couple more people in the works that are being kind of groomed and prepared to lead a group, and so we're prepared to grow to a fifth or sixth group as needed. Um, this is a great way to get connected into the church, to build relationship with people. And so we want to encourage you guys to get into one of these groups. So really quickly, I'm going to go down the list here, um, and I'm going to try to coordinate this with the screen. So these guys are at number two there. This is Crystal and Alex Hawkins. You all know them as they lead worship 
most every Sunday here. They moved here with us from Franklin, Tennessee to help start this church, and we've been friends for a really long time. Crystal was in um, seventh grade when I started doing youth ministry at Grace Chapel back in the day, which always makes me feel old when I tell that story, and now we're, now we're friends as adults. But Crystal and Alex lead a group pretty close here to the church. They are on Tuesday nights. Everything I'm saying is on one of these cards out there at the connection table as you leave. You can grab one as you leave, um, but you could also talk to these people today before you go. This Sunday and next Sunday, we're announcing Life Group's relaunching, and they will start after next Sunday. So there's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. They'll be starting back up. So it's a great chance to jump in. So that's the Hawkins Life Group, 6.30 on Tuesday nights. Okay, Franz and Anna, can y'all say hi to Franz and Anna? Hi. Um, They lead a group with Andrew and Deera. Andrew is in class this morning. Maybe they're both serving in kids' area this morning. So they co-lead together. Awesome young couple. This is our North Knoxville group. Um, We got a lot of young married North Knox folks. We've got some singles also that come to this group. Um, So jump into the North Knoxville group. Awesome group. We love you guys. Y'all are meeting on Monday nights at 6.30 as well. Okay, awesome. Great. All right. Now, we got five people here represented. Joel, is your house the location? All right, so Joel and Jamie are opening up their, their place, their space for this group to meet. Um, Bob and Diane Spencer are related to me. They are my parents. <laughs> and uh, they're the ones that have bounced around. This is the third iteration of this group at this point. So They've, they've kind of helped launch a group, and then they leave with a few people and start another one. And so these guys are going to be partnering with Greg and Liz, who are jumping in this rotation to co-lead together. Um, I want to acknowledge some people that we love. Tommy and Amy, would you all just stand up back there? You weren't going to get away with not being acknowledged. These guys opened their home for a while for this group, and they have three kids and a lot going on, so we're just taking a little break from hosting right now. But we love Tommy and Amy, um, and so... This is the uh, Spencer and Shahan group, and y'all are meeting on Wednesdays at 6.30. Wednesdays at 6.30 with dinner. I think several of these say something about dinner on here, so eating is always good. Oh, yeah, I stopped saying the number. So number one was Franz and Anna, so y'all are number four, kind of in the Cedar Bluff area, right? Okay, and then way down there in the far corner with some water around it, is group number three out in Farragut. And so this is the Richmonds and the Pinellas. Rob and Sarah are, are the other family that moved here with us to, to come start this church from Franklin. We were longtime friends, vacation together, life group together. Rob is one of our elders. Um, and he took the risk of telling his longtime employer that he was feeling called to come to Knoxville and help plant a church. And he was so respected there, they said, you can keep your job with us and work from a distance. And as continued to be promoted since then. I'm proud of you, and you're a good friend and love you, and thank you guys for faithfully doing all that you do for our church body. So these guys took the plunge with us. So Rob and Sarah lead this group with Nick and Kristen. Nick and Kristen hosted at their home, um, and this group is now meeting on Wednesday nights um, at 6.30 as well. Is dinner correct? Okay, dinner is still on here, and that's correct too. So some of these groups eat together. Even the ones that don't officially eat every time will gather for like potlucks every now and then and connect. And so um, I would encourage you guys, meet some of these folks, introduce yourself after church, 
say hey, ask questions. We would love for everybody to jump into a life group if you can. Would y'all just give them a big like round of applause and thank you. And then if you are a deacon, stay up here. Everybody else go sit. Um, and wives can stay up here too. El- elders can stay, Rob and Sarah too. All right, um, okay, would our deacons come up with your wives if they're in the room? I just wanna introduce one more group of people to you all. So, so when we moved here, we didn't know very many people. And so um, while we have a church back in Franklin that helps send us and get started, we are our own standalone Sorry. We are our own standalone church body. We have our own 501c3. We are governed by our elder board. Um, We get support and encouragement from back home, but but we govern ourselves independently. Um, And so one of the things we knew is that we wanted to grow into having elders from Knoxville, relationships that we developed here in town. And so Rob Richmond, Alex and I are elders. There's another guy or two back in Franklin that are also on our elder board, just longtime guys that we've trusted. And they know this. We want to replace them with Knoxville elders. And so these, these are, are men and their wives who've committed to servant leadership. And so these are deacons. This started in January. We meet regularly together. Um, we encourage each other. We study stuff together. And these guys are all serving in some various capacities in our church body. Um, And so the model for deacons is the word servant. Often throughout the New Testament where you just see the word word minister or servant, it's the same word as the word deacon in the Greek. Um, Jesus talked about himself as the servant of all. That's the same word. And so our model for leadership is always gonna be servant leadership. Um, You come here, uh, set up on a Sunday morning. Me and Alex aren't sitting in the back with a coffee directing everybody. Like, we roll up our sleeves and get to work. And so we we believe in serving as a part of leadership. So these are folks you should get to know. Okay, Andrew and Dira. Andrew's one of our deacons as well. And also, I had a list on a piece. Who am I forgetting? Vic and Christy. Christy's here. You could have come up. Stand up, Christy, and just wave to everybody. This is Christy, her husband, Vicus. We call him Vic for short. They are deacons as well. So these are your deacons. Okay, we already talked about you. <laughs> Thomas and Bethany are there. Um, we had Tommy and Amy stand up in the back, and then Grant and Christina down there. Christina runs our kids' ministry. Um, so there are our deacons and elders. Can we say thank you to these guys? They serve us well. All right, we love y'all. Now go sit down. All right. So hopefully that gives you just a little sense of some folks in this church, some opportunities that are available to jump in. All right, I want to move into just a few things that are coming up and then talk about some ministries that we partner with by serving alongside them and and giving financially as a church body to them. You guys good? Y'all hanging with me? Yes, Manuel, you're hanging with me. Thank you, buddy. I can always count on Manuel for the yes, the amen, the encouragement. Um, thank you, bud. All right, so a few things. Um, first of all, you may already be tired of hearing this, but so many people are in and out during the summer, and so we just want to mention it every week till we're there. Our barbecue and baptisms event is coming up two weeks from today. So after church on Sunday, we will immediately head out to the Cove. We'll have lunch together. Um, the sides are kind of potluck style. Bring a side to share. The church is going to provide the drinks and the meat that's on the grill. And we'll just spend the afternoon together. Um, at some point, we'll stop and do baptisms and celebrate those in the river. We're very excited about that. 
It's not too late to sign up if you'd like to be baptized. It's also not too late if you just have questions about water baptism. Um, That Sunday morning, um, I'm going to spend some time during the message actually talking a bit about salvation and water baptism and what it represents, what it is, what it isn't. Um, and, And so we'll talk about that some more then. But if you have questions prior to that, let us know. All right, the next thing coming up in September, so about a month after that, um, we're going to Mexico on a mission trip. And so I'm going to talk more about where we're going in a few minutes because it's one of our ministry partners. But we've got a group of folks heading to Mexico for about five or six days to go serve um, a church body down there that we know and love. And so we're very excited about that. Um, We plan to try to do at least one mission trip a year together. And so I'll tell you more about some of those missions soon. And then ladies, you've been hearing about this for a couple weeks now. Mark your calendars and sign up because it's almost full. I was out of town this week. Is it full? There's still a little bit of room. Still have a couple spots left for a women's retreat this fall. It's Friday, October 18th through Saturday, October 19th. It's going to start in the evening. It's going to run about 24 hours. So Friday evening dinner time till Saturday evening dinner time. Ladies, jump in on that. It's a great way to connect. Guys, we will be planning a men's retreat in the spring. So we're giving the ladies the fall. We'll take the spring. We figured you could watch some Saturday football to try to survive while your ladies are gone this fall. Um, Okay, last thing I wanted to announce. We're still working out the details of what this is going to look like for us here. But in the month of October this year, our church back in Franklin is celebrating their 25-year anniversary. And so on Sunday, October 13th, I'm going back there to preach that morning and to be a part of kind of just honoring that legacy and that church. Crystal and Alex are most likely coming and participating in worship that morning. And so if you want to go on a little trip to Franklin, you could mark your calendar for October 13th and come celebrate out there with us. We're still kicking around what we might do here. We're thinking about maybe just having church be um, you guys all meeting up in a couple of homes and doing kind of like a church watch party and because they stream the services online and you can kind of um, participate that way. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll meet here and put it on the screen here. We're going to figure that out over the next couple weeks. But October 13th, if you want to mark your calendar, I just think it's cool for us as a young church to be in touch with our, where we come from and honor um, what's gone before us you know, we, we look a little different and feel a little different than Grace Chapel, but they're very much in our DNA. Pastor Steve's been a huge mentor in my life, and so uh, we want to honor them. And it's kind of a cool moment in our history as a young church to go, wow. Like, I look back and go, I blink, and that 25 years went fast. I was there for about 20 of those years. Um, so anyways, we're going to do that and celebrate with them. All right. Those are some calendar things coming up. Okay, next I want to talk about some ministries that we partner with, some ministries we partner with. So let me start um, locally. There, there's been one couple in our church that we've been supporting for a while now that does ministry on the UT campus, and that's growing out of two couples in our church, just kind of independently that have felt called to do ministry with organizations on campus at UT. And so let me start with the Jollies. Um, Andrew and Abigail, would y'all come on up, please? Let me get this mic. Give them a hand as they come up. I will let them give you a two or three minute kind of what they do and some opportunity, right, for our church body. But I just want y'all to know before they start, um, we believe in them and what they're doing. Um, 
part of our church's mission giving as an organization is we, we give money towards what they're doing. We believe in what they're doing. Um, they have to raise support for what they do. So if anybody ever feels called to give to them directly, go for that. Um, we fully support them. But they work with international students at the UT campus. And I will stop talking and let them explain it. Yeah. Um, so it's good to be back. We've been in Colorado for almost the past two months living in a dorm with the baby. So uh, a little difficult, but yeah. Um, so we work with international students who really are the best and the brightest from their countries to come and study here. And really we want them to see and understand the gospel and know who Jesus is. And so through relationship, we build relationship and earn their trust so that we can share with them about what Jesus has done for us. Um, and then when they become believers, we want to disciple them, we want to build them up, train them up, so that they can learn how to share the gospel, what that looks like, and ultimately send them back to their own country so that they can really reach their own people. Um, most international students come from China, which there's a lot going on there, but um, yeah, and then India, and then Saudi Arabia and Korea. So. These are some pretty big countries that need the gospel. Um, we love working at UT, work and reaching them. And yeah, we have some opportunities that are open for people to volunteer and help us and partner with us because we're just a small team on UT's campus and there's several thousand international students and we can't reach them all. So. Um, Abigail wants to share some opportunities about volunteering. Yeah, so the first one is just like at Thanksgiving, we paired students with American families to have them experience what Christian families look like. We're actually going to try to do that for a whole semester and potentially the whole year. And so if you guys are interested in having a student over for dinner or to take them to your kid's sporting event or to take them hiking or really whatever it is, we just want them to be included in life and make them feel like um, they have a home away from home while they're here in America and that they have a family um, and so it can look like a lot of different things. It's really open, but just we want them to feel welcome and loved and get to see and experience the gospel through families um, and the interactions. And so if you're interested, let me know, and I can send you more information. And then another opportunity that we're starting this fall is um, a training that we're doing through online. And so it's through a website called everyinternational.com. And it's like online videos of trainings. And so we'll have people go through those trainings on their own, but then we'll also do a video call together once a month. And it'll be about an eight week training. Um, but just to further understand how to reach internationals, how to better befriend them, how to understand their culture, and how better to um, reach them with the gospel. And so um, if you're interested in that as well, let us know. But yeah. Thank you guys for all y'all do. Serving, can we give them a hand? Missed y'all this summer. Okay, and now for, for the first time for me, I get to say the wards. Because <laughs> Zach and Callie have been students at UT, and they just got married like two, two weeks ago. So would y'all say congratulations to them, make them feel welcome as they come up? Um, Zach and Callie participated in a ministry on campus as they were at UT. 
Um, they're still finishing up there a little bit, and they've, they've decided they feel called to be a part of that ministry. And so they're going to be serving on campus doing discipleship stuff, and I'll give you all a couple minutes just to share a little bit about it. Oop, let me unmute that. That should be good. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, the ministry that we work with is called Chi Alpha. Um, all that stands for is Christ Ambassadors, and so that's literally what we're trying to do on UT's campus is be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Um, we live on a campus where only around 5% of the students um, are involved in campus ministry. Um, so it's a very secular campus, and we're honestly just trying to invade that. And the way that we go about doing that is through generational discipleship. And so pretty much all that means is we want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Um, and so basically what that means is we go around to the student union or to our individual dorms and we just call students um, into life, um, kind of like Jesus would do. Um, obviously we're not Jesus, but we, we adopt a very similar model. Um, we just really go around and we find students who are either lost or they grew up in church really, or international students, any student really. Um, that will listen to us. We just call them into relationship and form a friendship with them and, and really just start to disciple them. And then our ultimate goal is that they will learn about the gospel, give their lives to Jesus, or they'll rekindle their relationship with Jesus, whatever that looks like for that individual student. Um, and then we'll call them to do it for other students. Um, and so we actually had a team of about eight students last year, student leaders, and we called a bunch of students onto leadership, and we're going to have like 25 small groups in the fall. Um, and so that's really our model is we want to bring students in and then empower them to go out and do the same thing. Um, and so our, our model um, is call, um, show, teach, and trust, and then um, send. So that's pretty much what we're doing. We're just calling students, showing them, and then sending them out. Um, and our core models, uh, our core values are worship, family, and mission. So we worship God, we love one another, and then we, we have the mission of reaching UT's campus. It's awesome. Thank you guys for what you're doing. It's awesome. Love y'all. Pretty cool. I mean, these, these are missionaries right here in-house in our community. And I would just encourage you guys, if you have a heart for UT, pray for these guys. You can invest in them financially. You can serve. Find out ways you can come alongside them and serve. But I would encourage you all to consider um, jumping in and supporting them. Okay, another ministry that we partner with locally is the Knoxville Dream Center. Um, Y'all heard us talk about them this summer. We did a school supply drive with them. They work with Title I schools in the area, doing ministry there. They do feeding programs to, to poor communities in Knoxville. They've had a long standing, I think it's like in the 30-year range now, of every single Wednesday night without missing a Wednesday, feeding the homeless under the bridge in Knoxville. And so they do that every Wednesday night. So there's a couple of, of neat ways that they serve and minister in our community and we support them. We partner with them a bit. We've done stuff at Thanksgiving with them and Christmas. We do the school supply drive. But if you, if you have a heart for the homeless community in, in, in our town or even a heart for just poor areas of our community, there, there is plenty of opportunity to serve alongside Ross Jones and his team there at the Knoxville Dream Center. And so let me know if you'd ever like to get more involved. But that's another ministry that we support. Um, I'll just briefly mention, you know, we, we pay rent here at the school, but we view ourselves as more than just uh, renters. Um, we really view ourselves as in partnership, and so we try to love and support um, North Shore Elementary. And so we, we um, asked them a few years back, how can we serve you guys? And so a couple ways we do that is once or twice a year, we feed the, all the staff 
um, here at the school, and we also maintain all their flower beds. So we partner with the PTA, and we get those mulched and keep them weeded and, and keep the grounds looking nice. And so those are some things our church does to be a blessing here at North Shore. Um, and they know we're a phone call away if they need something. And there have been opportunities at times to partner with them beyond that. Um, all right, let me talk about some foreign mission things really quick, and, and then we'll move on. Um, so I mentioned we're going to Mexico. We are going to see the Rays, Brian and Rochelle Ray and their twin boys. Um, they planted a church in Mexico about the same time we moved to Knoxville. Um, Brian and I have been good friends for a long time, and so they're in the area uh, called Navajoa is, is sort of the, the town that they're based in. Um, that's their beautiful family. I think, do we have a picture of their new church building? Like two or three weeks ago, they completed um, this new building that they were working on purchasing for several months, and God really created the space for them. And so they just had their first Sunday service there two or three weeks ago. This is a pretty recent picture. Um, I was actually messaging with Brian yesterday, and he wanted me to read this to you guys. Um, he said, we are so excited about the group, talking about the group that's coming to visit them, and you guys helping us get established at this new place, and so thankful for your support of this body. I was sharing with our church last week about how the churches in Macedonia blessed other churches, and how just as we have received so much from other churches' gifts, we will be able to do the same here. Please tell the church a huge thank you from Navajoa. So those are our dear friends, Brian and Rochelle Ray. Um, we will have opportunity over the years to spend time in Mexico and partner with them. But we work with that ministry. And then Josiah's house in the Dominican Republic. Um, my parents helped start that ministry. It's a boy's home that's grown beyond that in some ways. But it's a boy's home in the Dominican Republic that gets young boys off the streets puts them in a home environment, mom and dad, and they limit the number of kids per home to like six or eight. So it's a family environment for them. Um, and they help them with their education. They learn about Jesus. And they have a Christian mom and dad modeled for them. Many of them have had no picture of that in their life. And so that's modeled for them. And the idea is for them to grow into young men who can live stable, solid Christian lives contributing to their community and see that culture change. Um, and so it's a really cool ministry. Um, we've also, um, we got to do something. We did some fundraising a while back um, with a ministry called Emmanuel House that's there in the Dominican Republic. And they were raising money to, to create a, a spot, a little shop in a really poor part of town in San Pedro um, where there's fresh water for the community. And it does a couple cool things. It gets fresh water to the community. It also employs kids that kind of go through their school and, and need a job. And so it works in a couple of unique ways. And so we got to contribute towards that. It's up and running. It's complete. They're providing water to the community. It's a really simple, practical way that makes a big difference in a poor part of the country there. And so that's another ministry thing you guys have done. Y'all partnered with us on that. Um, and then the, the last thing I wanted to mention was an update with um, the bentos. There's actually some videos and stuff we'd love to show you more for time's sake. I'm going to show you a couple of quick pictures, but um, Manuel's brother went to be with the Lord a little while back, and so his sister-in-law and her young daughter are kind of on their own there in Mozambique in Pemba, and there was some property in an incomplete house that needed to be finished for them, 
And so our church said, you know what? We're going to rally and raise the money to finish that house. And so several months back, we raised several thousand dollars. We sent it over there. They've been working hard. And so we've got, those were the before pictures. There's the after pictures. There's a roof, there's windows, there's doors. We got one more picture of her um, going into the house. This is Fatima. Okay, Manuel, gee, I wonder who your brother is up there. Um, that's your brother on the left. Who's, that's your brother on the right too? Okay, the brother on the left looks exactly like you. Um, okay, and then Fatima there in the middle with her keys. And so she's excited, she's getting moved into the house. Guys, that's, that's just it right there. Like providing for widows and orphans, that's what we are called to do. And that is our brother back there. And we got to partner and love on his family and give them a home. And so thank you guys for doing that. Thank you guys for doing that. So that's a glimpse of some of the things we are able to do as a church body. Um, listen, we're small, you know, we're growing. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, the scripture talks about not, not despising the days of small things talks about being faithful with little and being given much, and we're pretty happy being small. I mean, part of the heartbeat of our church is we want to be relational. We want to know each other, and so we've been enjoying this, but one of our core principles right from the start is we want to be a generous church. We want to better the community that we live in, and we want to support our brothers and sisters overseas. We're connected to a larger church. We're a church community that's a part of a larger kingdom. And so we want to participate in that. So um, I want to move into talking about finances for just a minute. Uh, I'm going to give you kind of the Reader's Digest version of this. Does anybody read Reader's Digest anymore? I just said that in a moment. Like, that's probably a really irrelevant quote now. How many of you guys are like, I don't even know what you're talking about when you said Reader's Digest? Yeah, definitely a few of the, the kids in the room are like, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, uh, the quick version here of a few financial things. Um, so... A couple things kind of with our history. Um, when we got ready to, to plant this church, um, Alex and I were like, all right, man, we feel called to do this. Man, we might be bivocational. We might be getting jobs and just starting from scratch. We'll see what happens. And so we, we went to our church leadership back in Franklin, and we'd been talking for a while about the possibility of planting, but we really said, hey, we, we feel like we're being called and it's time to go, and we'd love to have your blessing. And Thankfully, they said, we want to do more than that. We're going to give you some support to help you get started. And so they committed to three years of some support to get us off the ground. And so 2016 was our first year. Local giving, we met just under 25% of our budget with local church giving. 2017, year two, the first half of the year kind of started pretty slow, actually. Um, and then the second half of the year, it really picked up. And we ended up getting right at about 50% of our budget was met with local local giving. So this was great because we were able to start weaning off of support back home. We were putting money in the bank. Then year three was 2018. And that year, we met 75% of our budget last year with local giving. And so it's just been really cool to watch that steady growth. So in January of this year, we came off support from Grace Chapel Franklin. We knew we needed to make up that 25%. That was our, that was our step of faith going into this year. And so what I said to y'all in January, if you were around, is that our budget needed to increase from the 190 that came in last year to, to right around 260 this year to meet our budget. And that, that was about a $70,000 increase. And the good news is we started this year with 
over a little over seventy thousand in the bank. So we we put some money aside and knew we could live off of those reserves a bit while we grew to that that number we needed to hit. Y'all tracking so far? That makes sense. Okay. The good news is we haven't gone backwards. <laughs> the bad news is we haven't gone forwards a whole lot. <laughs> Um, we've increased a little bit. February and March actually dipped a little, and then starting in April, it started going back up, and every month since April, giving has increased a little bit, and so we're trending in a good direction, but man, we just, we aren't at that 25% number yet, and so we just want to be real with you guys. We're believing for that. We have been um, utilizing that money that we had set aside to, to meet the difference, and so it was a little over 70, and now it's in the mid-30s is where we're at. And so a couple things we've done over the last couple months is we've done some trimming on the budget to get it down to what we feel is about bare bones. Uh, Not bare bones, bare bones, but like we can keep doing everything we're doing without making major sacrifices. We can trim around the edges. So we're trying to practice good stewardship. We've said that from day one. Whatever comes in, we're going to be generous and we're going to be good stewards. Um, And I can tell you right now, none of our giving to any of the organizations I just mentioned has changed or will change. We're not trimming that. We're trimming other things. Um, We're also not trimming any of our part-time people. We got two or three part-time people that do a lot around here. We're not trimming that. So what we're believing is in the next half of this year, we're gonna get to where we hit our monthly number. We're believing for that. In the meantime, we're preparing for other adjustments we might need to make. And so Alex and I might be at that point. We start doing a little bit of bivocational stuff. We're the two full-time employees at the church. And I just want you all to know, like, that's all right if that's what we do as as a church. We thought we might have to do that day one. And it is the faithfulness of God that we're sitting here three and a half years in, and we've had a paycheck from Grace Chapel since day one. It's awesome. Alex's salary was only guaranteed the first six months we were here. And by that first summer, we were meeting his salary with giving. And so I just want you all to know what is happening We're trusting and believing God to do miraculous things. He's our provider. I will tell you, this is the most uncomfortable stuff for me to talk about. I've been so grossed out at times over the years of of how money can be talked about in church settings to manipulate people with guilt or whatever. And if anything, I'd probably go the other direction and should talk about it a little bit more than I do. Um, But I just want you guys to know, I, I believe in tithing and giving. I would actually feel more comfortable talking up here if I wasn't the pastor where my salary was somehow attached to that. My salary gets set by the elder board and we're gonna do what we need to do financially to be stable as a church body and to be generous the way we wanna be generous. But I believe in tithing. Now listen, there's folks who are brand new here. Um, This is not at you or for you or anything. But if this is your church home and your church family, I wanna encourage you to consider giving regularly and faithfully. It's an act of worship. Uh, it's, it's biblical. Um, and I do believe the Lord commands a blessing in tithing. My wife and I practice that. There have been many times in our life where the margin that we need is that 10% that we're giving. And it's been tempting to look at that and go, man, things would be a lot more comfortable. God, I think, would understand. And, and I think on some level he would, but it's like, no, that is his. It belongs to him. We're gonna honor him. And we've watched him faithfully provide for us as a family for years as we've practiced that. So, so we do this. We do this. So 
That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so that's where we are. Our elders and deacons have been on board as we've just been talking about creative ways that we could be careful with our finances. Man, things are awesome. We really didn't know what to expect. We really didn't. And it's, it's pretty miraculous that we are where we are. I mean, for our church last year to have almost $200,000 come in and giving, I mean, look around the room. Like, this, is, this is a small church. Like, that's pretty awesome. And so we have just blown away with how faithful God has been. And, and we are believing for that increase to come as we meet the number we're aiming for. And the truth is, guys, I'm looking way beyond that. I, I'm not looking to meet some number and go, cool, we've arrived. Like, we want to be a church that grows and ministers to our community. I believe that there are folks that are searching for a church home, and this may be home for them. I believe there are folks who aren't searching for anything at all, and they need to be. <laughs> And we're going to reach them for Jesus, and they're going to find a home here and everywhere in between. And so we feel called to this community. I'm excited about what God has in store for us, um, but that is an update of where we're at. Um, 2017 was really similar. Two-thirds of what came in came in in the second half of that year. And so, you know, I realize not everything just goes steadily, you know, like that all of the time. But that's where we are. That's what we're believing for. We're going to be a generous church. We're going to be good stewards. I don't want anyone to give out of guilt or manipulation or anything. I do believe you should give to the local church that you call home. I practice that, and I would invite you to do the same. All right? We good? Okay, last thing, and we'll get out of here. We're, we're just a couple minutes past what I wanted, but a couple quick things. Um, I just want you guys to know how you can get connected, and I don't talk about this enough, but we have these cards right here. It's a Get Connected card. These stay at our connection table. If you want the e-bulletin, if you want to be a little pl more plugged into what's going on, fill one of these out. Um, we also will send you a link when you fill one of these out um, to let you know how to join our private Facebook group. I'm not a big Facebook guy, but I do use our private Facebook group. We have a public one where just people can kind of see what's going on. But our private group has been set up for people to share testimonies, prayer requests, say I'm looking for a refrigerator, <laughs> like... Everything in between, it's just a cool little way to communicate as a community. And so you can plug into that and just kind of get to know each other better there. Um, life groups, man, I just cannot emphasize that enough. Our heart is to be a church body that knows each other and is connected to each other and is, is doing life together. And so I would encourage you um, to plug into a life group if you can do that. So those are two cards are available. Jump into those. The last thing I wanted to make you aware of Last fall, my wife and I did this thing that we just loved. We called it foundation class, and class was a really bad word. We need a new word, but it's really dinners. We would do these series of dinners at our home that lasted about four weeks, and we would just cover kind of the core of who we are as a church, what we believe, where we came from, and, and it was an on-ramp for folks to get to know us better and for us to get to know them better. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to set a time to start another one of those this fall. So be watching for that. Um, in the next couple of weeks, there will be a sign-up for that. And that would be a great on-ramp for you guys to get to know us as a family and get to know our church a bit better. All right. We good? Did you catch all that? Yeah? Awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's happening in our body. I'm excited for the fall and what's ahead. I'm excited for our life groups relaunching in a week. Um, and so if you have time today to stick around and meet some of those folks, do that or plan to come next Sunday and connect with somebody and get plugged in. There is a link in the e-bulletin as well 
to sign up for life groups that way. Um, all right, let me pray for us, and we will get out of here. All right, Lord, thank you. Um, thank you for your faithfulness. God, it, it still blows my mind that a couple of families sat in the living room in the summer of 2015, and it was like, hey, I think we're moving to Knoxville. Man, what does the Lord have in store? And God, it's, it's unbelievable to watch um, your church grow here. Thank you that we get to be a part of it. Thank you for the people in this room. Um, thank you for our church family that's serving with the kiddos right now and maybe folks who are still traveling. And Lord, we're just grateful for this church family and this church body. Lord, we ask you to continue to give us wisdom and direction as we go forward. Help us to grow in our walk with you. God, help us to be committed to each other and link arms together and grow together. Lord, help us to love and serve our community. God, to see your kingdom grow, to see people's lives touched by your grace, um, to, be, to meet you and to be ministered to by you. Lord, we love you and we commit our hearts to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.